0: Right balance between investing in ads for growth and ensuring a positive return on investment that's a fine question we might cover what metrics or benchmarks should all right welcome in to vision pros live with jackson callum i'm your show host we'll be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guests guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there ultimately i just want to go through some of the things that might help you with your vision. If you have a vision that you're pursuing, drop a link in the comments and let us know what that is. If that's a business or a brand, um, if it's a nonprofit that you run, be happy to promote it, be happy to talk to you about it. And if you'd like to apply to be on Vision Pros and be interviewed about that vision, then by all means, feel free to reach out. Hey, hey, and welcome in Vision Pros. I'm your host Jackson Callum, uh, first class business founder, the founder, co-founder of Able Health, and the CEO of Pod Booker. Um, we're going to be diving into a a topic that I just see so many business owners struggling with, um, you know, and and that's you know, how do I invest in my brand properly? Marketing, advertising, what am I supposed to do? What, um, you know, what channels do I you know, do I put my money towards? I put it towards Facebook or LinkedIn, et cetera. There's so much research that needs to be done on the front end the right way in order to make sure that you're moving forward correctly, or you need to find the right strategic partner to help guide you on that. My hope is today that I'll walk you through some systems that will help you understand how to gain clarity on this subject. Um, that is one that people don't want to talk about. Um, you know, it's it's a tough conversation, um, you know, to, to have. And so, You know why is it a tough conversation because you gotta as a as a provider of services you have to constantly walk this balancing act of what do i say that's not going to offend this person but it's also going to inspire them to move forward and especially around a subject that's so controversial because there's so many mainstream ideas that are talked about that could be followed um, in order to grow your brand but most of them are bogus uh, most of them are based on variables that don't pertain to your brand. You know, should you be on TikTok? Um, you know, like, well, Bill Gates went on TikTok? Probably he's got, he can, he can win on almost any platform with his, how, how far and, and wide he's well known. But what about your newer brands? Um, you know, if you're a brand new uh, entity, what should you be doing to draw buzz and, and attract people to work with you? And, you know, when it comes to testimonials and case studies, you know, do you have them? And does that matter to you? Are you good enough at selling that you don't need those aspects as part of your brand to sell? There's so many things that people have a tough time talking about and, and don't want to hear. But, you know, I'm going to say this. He that has ears, let him hear. He that has eyes, let him see. We're going to dive in. And this is going to be an application based uh session. So whatever you hear today, if you're listening to the episode, uh, know that there's a video that goes along with this where I'm actually going to be showcasing the materials that we use to qualify, to pre-qualify clients and make sure that they are ready to scale their businesses. Without these assets, we will not uh, grow a business. We don't want to. We don't want to grow a business unethically. We want to grow businesses that are set up for scale. And if they're not set up for that, we've got to find that reality out in order to make sure that they're they're ready to move forward. But We also don't want to spend money before forecasting how much money we're going to make. Um, And if we don't know that, then why are we spending money to begin with? Right. You should calculate all this in advance. That way you're not wasting any money whatsoever. So Jaime is going to drop a link in the comments um, right now. This is going to be a free gift to you. It's our ninety nine dollar revenue growth workbook intensive um, which comes with a workbook and a seven minute video for me, where I explained that we use this tool to launch all of the viral video ad campaigns that we launched at Video Power Marketing. It's a phenomenal tool. We would have never run a campaign without running a client through that process. It didn't matter if it was Nordic Track or Vivint or John Lee Dumas or Michael Hyatt, T. Harv Eckert, everybody that we worked with, we had to make sure that they had a formula that was set up for success. So the revenue Revenue growth workbook intensive, when you click on this link, we're going to give it to you for free. Um, you're just going to download it. That's going to get you in there and you'll be able to use the workbook that I'm going to pull up on my screen and start walking you through and show you, uh, you know, basically we're going to call this entity visionary entrepreneur. And you're going to see how many things we need to learn about somebody before we decide that this campaign is safe. This is a campaign that we are safe to run with and build out. And we may not get to the end of it. We're going to use this 45 minutes to show you, all right, for working with a brand new entity, what types of questions do we need to ask responsibly in order to help that entity succeed? So let's go right into the Revenue Growth Workbook. Now, I've hidden the first page, the organization page, where we ask questions about the brand to get to know the brand, since we're not going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, let me go back over real quick and just make sure. Uh, Y'all are seeing this. Okay, perfect. You are seeing it. Um, We're going to skip the questions about what are your goals? What's your customer lifetime value? um, What service do you sell? How much does your service cost? How much investing in marketing? All those questions are super important on the front end too, because they dictate the type of, of scope of work we can put together for an entity we're working with. Let's also just breeze through the blueprint itself, right? Because most of you know this blueprint. If you don't, don't feel left out. Just pause this video and look and see what it is. But it's, there's an advertisement that you're attracting people's attention with to a landing page that should be even more attractive, that drives people to convert or opt into an offer where they then land on a thank you page where you honor them for having opted in. And you should have an email series that nurtures people to consider buying from you, right? Some people buy right away when the brand is like a Disney or Netflix, it's easy to see the value and it's really easy, like there's low barrier to entry. Um, in other instances, you may have a high ticket solution that you're trying to sell. Um, and in that case, and and by the way, Jaime, feel free to share this link with people too, the actual live workbook where I'm, I'm gonna be working on. You guys will have view access to it um, so you can dive in there and, and look at it alongside us. But we're actually gonna move over to a calculator that intimidated me big time the first time I saw it. And it was not as nice looking as it is now, but it was still, it was a spreadsheet and I didn't like spreadsheets back when I learned about this. I think I was like, I don't know, 25, 26. I'd built a pro forma on a spreadsheet with my stepdad. So I knew how performers worked and I knew how to use spreadsheets, but I still wasn't comfortable with them. And so the idea of using this really intimidated me. And I found that most entrepreneurs feel the same way. They don't want to admit it, but they don't know how to, to use the calculators and how to use the spreadsheets as well as they could. Now, if you do, Um, you know, you'll uh, just be patient as we go through this process because you probably have a marketer working for you who's also intimidated by this, or you have somebody on your team who needs to understand how this value gets broken down. So let's start at the top where it says customer value. Now, this customer value number, how you determine this, I have a separate spreadsheet for this too that I'm also going to be sharing. And let me, in fact, let me stop sharing real quick. We'll go back and I'll show you the other material that we're going to be walking through because both of them are going to be super helpful for you. I'm just going to share an entire screen this time in order to help uh, make sure you can see all the assets. All right. So we're going to be looking at a report for ads as well um, and, and how we run advertising for our clients in order to make sure that the advertising is set up to win based on a maximum budget of $100. We do not need to spend more than $100 for testing. I don't know a lot of advertising companies that are able to pull that off because they're counting on a big retainer from you each month. So with that said, uh, the Entrepreneur Visionary Lifetime Value 101 will be going over how to set up, what type of value you're going to get from your customers. Because again, too many entrepreneurs have never done this type of exercise where they've outlined what is the income from one experience with a client, what is the lifetime value of the income and how do you project your net profit so that you know that for out from the start, you are winning in business. Too many providers don't have this information when they start advertising. The agency assumes that you should have this information. Technically speaking, they may be right, but at the end of the day, if if you don't have this information and you're trying to win in business, you are likely to set yourself up for extreme failure. And we don't want that for our our businesses. So let's move right back over. Let's start here on this customer value. Again, we'll, we'll backtrack to that later, but the customer value, what we're gonna do is, you know, we're going to look at this from that tough conversation standpoint. If you have a low customer value, you're going to have a very hard time winning in business unless you have fantastic distribution or are able to scale that product to the masses super fast, which requires quite the gamble and a big risk. This is also why we work with high ticket clients, whether that's a dentist, um, you know, or a roofer, or in our case, mostly the visionary entrepreneurs we work with tend to be coaches and um, providers of consulting services because there's quite a large profit margin um, on those services. There's room for error and they're usually coaching or they're usually working with an entity that is gaining a financial return. And if they're gaining a financial return, then it's also easy to justify reinvesting in your business if you can see the return on investment that you have. So that's why we choose those entities. But the calculations still work because it's math. It's really a matter of of logistics, there's not really an emotion uh, behind the reality that that you um, you know you're you're just processing a transaction with another human being. So customer value, we prefer to work on the again. If you've got a client package of six thousand um, dollars, you know, for coaching services, then your profit margin is most likely going to be somewhere between. and 90%, depending on what type of coaching you're doing, how much time you're committed to that. And also what you determine your own hourly rate is divided by the amount of hours, you know, that coaching package by the amount of hours you put in, but you've also got operational costs associated. So we're not going to spend this entire episode talking about how to determine your true cost of goods sold, uh, which we do with our clients or, how to understand how to increase your profit margins and also simultaneously increase the value that you provide. Those are different services. they are different things that we also work on with our clients to make sure that they're creating the lifestyle that they want. We're going to focus in on assuming that people watching this audience have a customer value defined so that we can start defining the calculator. Naturally, if your customer value is $60, then you're going to have to hit different metrics in order for your return on investment to be bigger. Whereas if you have an $18,000 customer value, which if you're in luxury, uh, real estate, then that's, that's much more along the lines of accurate than, than knowing that you're going to get a $60 paycheck for somebody who signs up for your software for one month. So again, there's a lot of variables that are going on here. If you have a business model and you want to provide, uh, in the comments, by the way, uh, an insight into what your In fact, I'm gonna stop sharing one more time just to clean up the share. We're gonna focus on this document. Let me go back to present, share the screen. Let's go to the revenue growth workbook exclusively. Um, There we go. Now I can come back and forth a little bit easier. Um, Then feel free to drop in the comments, you know, what your lifetime value is, you know, or what type of business model you have. If you don't know what that is, then ask. This goes back to those tough conversations. If I'm talking way over your head as a business owner, if you wanna become a wise steward, and run your business um, in a responsible fashion, you gotta start learning these terms. You gotta work with somebody who understands this terminology and knows how to help guide you to this process. They're not condescending at you. We're trying to help you understand what you're doing. And if you understand what you're doing, you're gonna move forward in your business a whole lot more confidence. So now let's look at the advertising. So we're pretending right now, let's go all the way to the bottom, that we've decided to spend $500 on a Facebook ad. It's a lot of money. It's better to pretend that we're spending it than spend it, in my opinion, especially in this case. In this case, this business owner lost $500. It says that you spent $500, you got zero customers based on what happened here, you did get 3,000 views, but you didn't close anybody yet, and so therefore you had zero return. Well, that means that you lost 500. What I see most business owners do in this case is they they shut their Facebook ads down. And in many cases, they blame Facebook and they say Facebook's the problem and that Facebook didn't work. And they have no idea just how close they got to winning because they're not mathematicians. And that's okay. We don't expect you to be a mathematician, but we do expect you to work with people who are and work with people who do like to figure these things out. Because if this one business owner, if this business owner had just spent $40 more, what they would have realized is they had a profitable funnel. You see this? Now I spent $540. The key difference maker was I had to get enough lead conversions in in order to convert one customer. But now that I have, I've made a 2000 dollars return on a $540 spend. Okay. That's a 370% return on ad spend. Now again, in isolation, I you know, I see so many advertisers be like, well, then that's it. Now you should scale and win and, and just believe me from here and let's move forward. I don't like that approach. That's just not. It's not cool to me. There's too much that the business owner needs to understand about the variables here. If I were to spend $700, watch what happens to the return on ad spend. It goes down and it goes down quite considerably. Why? Because I've spent more on ads, but I've still only maintained the one conversion because of the way the metrics work out. So I did not have a true 370% return on ad spend because I wasn't done spending money and I'm not satisfied with just one customer. Right. I've got to figure out how do I get repeat customers and what's it going to cost me to get repeat customers? Well, let's just scale the ad spend, but do so in a safe way. None of you on the show right now are spending seven thousand dollars. Right. But I am on this calculator. Right. Theoretically, because the logic's going to play out the same on Facebook if I know what my metrics are. But that's also why it's so critical to know your metrics. But check this out. If we spend 7,000, in fact, let's bump it way up. Let's pretend we spend 70,000. The reason why I'm doing this is I know that my variables are starting to level out. They're starting to make sense across the board, right? So let's see here 75,000. Just play with that for fun. You notice that the numbers are changing a little bit less each time. But I know that if I could spend $75,000 on ads, if these are the metrics that I hit, then this would be what my outcome is going to be. That I mean that every time I spend 75,000, I'm going to make a gross return of 288,000 which minus the ad spend of 75,000. Now, my net return, again, excluding other cost of goods sold is 213,000 minus the ad spend. But I also have to pay for my advertising team. I have to pay for the systems that I have in place. I have to pay for the materials that I give to my clients. There's still information to be accounted for. There's still cost to be accounted for. We're trying to simplify this for everybody to understand, though, that you do have more power and control over winning on advertising than you even realize. So let's talk about what that looks like and how that works. So customer value wise, we're going to come back to that later. For now, we're going to talk about the cost per view. You've probably never been told this. You may have never heard this before in this capacity, but you have full control over the cost per view that Facebook gives you. How do you control this? You control this by the quality of your offer. If your offer lacks quality, Facebook will jack up the price of your cost per view because they cannot prevent you from running a terrible offer. So if you want to lose on Facebook ads, run the same campaign most people run, which is sign up for our newsletter or come look at our general website. If you do that, Facebook's gonna slap their forehead. They're gonna say, "Oh." I wish this guy would run something more valuable than that, but because you're not and we don't we know our users don't want to see this. We know that our users hate advertising that doesn't provide value. So we're going to jack this price up of the cost per view so that you will put yourself out of your misery and stop advertising. Right? <laughs> That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to tell you stop, it's not working. On the flip side, what if you had an offer that was amazing? What if you had an offer that inspired people to want to come back to Facebook because they're like, man, this person wants to give away a free car. And if I'm talking about a legitimate deal here where you're actually doing that, if you're actually doing that, Facebook's going to drop your cost to less than one cent because they're excited to promote that. They know that people will then associate that opportunity with Facebook and they're like, man, this ad is awesome. The algorithm is designed to catch and see, okay, which ads are prepared? which ones are being commented on, which ones are being liked or hated. If it's drawing people in and getting people to engage in the platform, Facebook rewards that advertising and wants to push it to the masses because it improves the user experience, right? So let's talk about restaurants. How does a restaurant take advantage of that? A free dessert. Yes, you have costs associated with that free dessert, but watch what happens when we change from that $500 in ad spend. Uh, We use the same exact ad spend, but we changed the cost per view to one cent because you've provided something of amazing value that people want. Oh, oh, if I hit the Holy grail of 1% cost per view, now I've got 50,000 people who've shared this, who want, who want to see it, want to get involved. I've got all sorts of people who might move forward on this free dessert concept, right? Well, no, here's what also happens. Not only did more, more people get to see it, but your click-through rate is also going to go up. We didn't even account for that yet, but let's talk about this click-through rate, this 1.5%. If you're targeting a local demographic around that restaurant, right? And I'm giving away a free dessert, you know, for everybody who comes through on this, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to make that the cost because I know that my restaurant is so valuable and we've got such great food and great service that as people come in, they're going to come back and back and back and spend again. Right, That's the goal for the restaurant. So the restaurant gives that free dessert away. And here we have a click-through rate of 1.5%. Now that means that only 1% of people who saw that ad actually clicked on it and moved forward. No, no, no. We need to look at this and say, click-through rate. Um, if I'm giving away a free dessert, we're probably going to get a click-through rate of north of 5% to 10%. We might even get as high as 15 to 20%. The highest I've seen of a client is 16% on a click-through rate. Um, she's a she's a coach um, in the binge eating space and the lady was just so magnetic that every, every time she talked on an ad, people clicked like crazy. Um, our targeting had a little bit to do with that, but it was mainly just, she just had something magnetic about her. But let's move this up to a, 5% click-through rate, watch what happens. Instead of making 25,000 on that, again, we'll come back to customer value. We're gonna talk about right after I change this, cause you're gonna be like, what? Like, how do we make $2,000 on a dessert? We didn't, that's not the point. 5%, bam, we upgrade that click-through rate and now we've got far more people moving forward with a transaction. And now we're talking about making $90,000 of gross return off of an ad spend of $500, okay? Let's also look at changing this customer value now because customer value depends. Are we talking about lifetime customer value or are we talking about immediate customer value, right? You've got to decide when you're marketing and when you're advertising, which metrics and which which variables, which wins, which victories are you going to base your growth on, right? Those again are discussions that you should be having with the marketers and the advertisers that you're talking to. If you're not having those conversations, you're not likely to win. Or you're likely to create a campaign that's a fly-by-night campaign and it's set up and it kind of works one time or works here and there or burns out because you didn't take the time to understand how all this business model stuff comes together. So let's, again, digress. Back to customer value. Why did I put a customer value of $2,000? One, because it's simple. I'm trying to teach right now. And I want to teach based on round numbers so you know what we're talking about. Now let's move over to, let me go back to the StreamYard tab here where we host, by the way, thank you StreamYard for having an awesome uh, set of tools to be able to do this. We're going to now present to you how we come about deciding a lifetime value and also how we determine which value we're going to base our advertising on. So this particular workbook, feel free to ask us for it. It's something we provide to our clients. Um, It's something that we've we've uh, optimized to great links over the last uh, few months actually. And it's something that provides tremendous clarity for those who don't really understand the business models behind what they're doing. So lifetime value 101, we're going to look at a restaurant scenario first. Um, all right. And again, we've generalized this pricing for the sake of simplicity. This is not a real restaurant, but it is based on full service restaurants. And there's a couple of definitions you're going to need to read over here, perhaps. To keep up with this conversation i want to go a little bit faster though you can slow down by by pausing if you need to the data that we have to to calculate this uh this forecast that we're going to show you of of net profit projection of a restaurant owner making seven hundred thousand dollars in net profit for the year or six figures for your or losing money again this is based on the net profit take home not off the total loss and not off the total gain as an entity. But let's go back over and look at where we got some of this information. So the data comes from the National Restaurant Association, which projects that the average patron comes back to a restaurant two times per month for two years for a total of 24 visits. So what you'd wanna do is multiply how much is one visit worth by the amount of visits that occur. And in this case, we've actually built the simplified lifetime value based on the simplified net profit value for the restaurant owner. So in this case, if this restaurant, uh, patron comes in, buys appetizer, dinner, alcohol, and dessert, they buy all those things. Their check price is going to be $54. And the income is going to be based off of a, in this case, we did a 5% uh, profit margin because the average restaurant makes somewhere between 3% and 10% profit margins, uh, for, uh, for the restaurant. So that means that the restaurant owner makes $2 and 70 cents off of that one, uh, guest for that one visit. And then I can delete this too. I need to delete this. Um, this doesn't factor into the calculations here, but then we multiply those visits by the amount of times we forecast them making that particular purchase. This again is a theory, but it breaks down to a $38 and 70 cents lifetime value, uh, net profit value for this restaurant owner, knowing how much is he gonna make based on that. And this is, again, this is also, um, I I don't wanna say it's uh, calculated based on a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, A low projection, um, you know, a worst case scenario, because there are people who have much worse cases than this scenario. Uh, There's people who have their prices for their restaurant at far lower than they should. There's people who have it priced far higher. Um, You know, and and they're winning fantastic. So uh, what you need to know though as an entrepreneur is your pricing is arbitrary. You can read as many books on pricing as you want to. And you will find that all the methods and the madness that exists there. Yes, they tie into formulas to some degree, but you don't learn how to ride the bike by learning the mechanics of how to create the bike. You learn how to ride the bike by getting on the bike and writing it and, and being willing to fall as you go. So while we know a lot about these concepts and how to justify or discuss and argue these concepts, we're missing the point. If we're not focused on moving the, the uh, client that we're talking to forward on their own business model. So let's go ahead and go to a core product or profit maximizer. In this case, we're going to say that it's a coaching client and for their coaching, they want to do a, uh, and I'm making this up as we go, but a six weeks program, um, I prefer a 12 week program and value per transaction. Let's say that for that 12 week coaching program, they charge $12,000. In fact, let's just cut it in half. Let's do 6,000. dollars. We'll do a small projection on this one. Um, and then their income and cost of goods sold. Since they're doing coaching, they don't really have a lot of hard costs associated with the model. Again, we under project because if we under project, we can over deliver. Um, so let's put a cost of goods sold of 70% on this. Um, therefore, for that one coaching client in the 12 week program, um, your net take home of $4,200 um, is is what we would then be building uh, your your business on. Um, if we're talking about the immediate direct conversion impact of, of how much you're making. Now, if we want to figure out the lifetime value, we would forecast how many times is this person gonna reinvest in us? Are we doing a program where they're only with us for 12 weeks and they're cured for life and they never need to talk to us again? Um, you know, Maybe they're getting uh, coached on on fertility and they, they only plan on having one child, um, right? In that case, that would be the lifetime value of that, that uh, situation. If there's other mothers who are going through a fertility program and they plan on having five or six children, and they might go to the coaching program multiple times to continue to get assessed and help as their health continues to change as they age, then they might they might buy six times. Um, it's not my job to determine the vision for my clients. It's my client's job to determine their vision for their relationship with their clients. And then this number ends up helping us project and understand, all right, what, what type of the foundation we're laying, what's the value of the foundation that we're laying up front? So if this person says, hey, you know what, We're going to coach them over the course of 10 years. We're only going to coach them one quarter every 10 years. Then now we've projected the simplified lifetime value of this particular product um, or service. We have not stacked it to showcase all the other things that they might buy along the way or they might upgrade to, given that we add other services. But for now, we're going to take the daily value, um, as we call it in restaurants, the, the, the one visit transaction value. We're going to take the one transaction value. We're gonna come over here to the net profit projection, and we're gonna look at okay, this person who has a six thousand dollar high ticket offer with a COGS of forty two hundred. Rather, I'm sorry, their income minus the COGS of forty two hundred. We're gonna take that net profit, and we're gonna calculate it based on the visits. So stay with me here, left side to right side. Okay, on the left side, this is the restaurant side of things, and what have we calculated over here? Um, We've calculated the daily customer value that changes based on the scenarios. Why do we do that? Because there's variables that are fairly predictable. If we're working with a worst case scenario, well, these people, they don't tend to calculate their lifetime value very well. They're not mathematicians. They wouldn't be in this problem to begin with, Um, right? They underestimate their taxes. They don't factor in wage changes. They have employees who are quiet quitting. They have plates breaking, late orders, food sent back, spoilage, late shipments, fees. They tend to do worse when they're not as well prepared for operating a business. So we went ahead and we added in a projection that is less than uh, ideal. And on this side, I'm gonna go ahead and remove that variable, assuming that you decide in your worst case scenario to at least get your business model ironed out so you don't have so many misfires and mishaps. Benchmark case. All right, so this would be 30 customers coming into that restaurant and buying food per day. That would be awful. That'd be like having a restaurant that's empty almost the entire day. And yeah, you'd naturally lose money. We also predicted that on the business days, this is something that I see so many business owners remain ignorant to. And I'm like, how do you project your financial future if you're not factoring in how many business days you have to work per year? They're building based on a 365 day calendar, yet they've only got 260 working days to move forward. And that's including some holidays that most people don't want to take off. But in the case of the worst case, Again, a lot of those types of individuals, maybe they aren't working as hard. Let's just say they are. Let's say they do work every single one of those days. Well, they're still they're losing more money because they're not aware of their operational costs. And the cool thing is you can come in here, you can adjust these calculators for different levels of losses or wins or level them out. So you're looking at your daily customers based on the exact same variable, right? It's really important to factor Now, if I'm over your head, I apologize. We'll need to take more time one-on-one to go over this, and we can, right? But let's shift gears. So this is the restaurant side. On the coaching side, you're not trying to sign 30 new coaching clients, 30 high-ticket clients per day, I don't think. Um, And in most cases, that would be a super victory. Um, So, you know, Tony Robbins-level victories. On the daily customer side, you're probably signing one person every 10 days. In the worst-case scenario, maybe less. And if that's the case um, and you're, you're on point with your profit margin, well, you know what? Even if you only work 220 days per year and you sign somebody at that rate, look at that. You're sitting at 92,000 on your net profit margin. That's not a bad scenario to be in. But is that your actual net profit margin? I don't know. Or are you actually signing somebody up every 10 days or is it taking you longer to sign your accounts? Again, that's why it's so helpful to recognize that when you project these values up front, you have somebody who walks you through it and helps you see that, okay, if you're in the best case scenario where you're charging a little bit more and you can provide a little bit more value, check out the difference of, if you're assigning almost one client per day at a little bit, let's let's lower it. I'm just gonna lower it right to the value you wanna charge, right, that $6,000. Then if you were to charge $6,000 every time on nearly somebody signing up every single day and you were to only work 240 days out of the year, you'd still make $800,000 at the end of the year. That's a fantastic return, right? So this, again, these numbers help us make sure that when we're forecasting, back to the other revenue growth workbook, that we're forecasting based on a number that makes sense for your business. And too many businesses don't take the time to verify these numbers with their providers. The providers know it's far safer, far, far more likely to move a transaction forward if you don't complicate it than if you try to teach all this stuff to a business owner. The problem is the business owner, again, makes decisions that aren't in the business owner's uh, best uh, hmm, best interest is the word I'm looking for. Um, so this, again, this is a very, very small introduction into a very difficult topic, but one that business owners should be planning around and preparing for. And it's not something that you present as a business plan to a bank just to forget later and not use. It's something that you should be utilizing with the teams that you work with, the agencies or the consultants that you work with. They need to understand this stuff. Um, and if they don't understand this stuff, then how are they going to guide you strategically on on moving your business forward? So let me go back to StreamYard again. Let's see. Um, Chris Burns is in here. He says, uh, and he's amazing, by the way, he says, sharing the best practices and strategy. Yeah, keep up the great work. Dude, you're awesome, Christopher. I'm glad to have you. Um, and I look forward to hosting you on the show soon enough because you do throw down a ton of value. Um, again, if there's any questions that come up from the audience about what we're talking about, if you want me to slow down on any particulars with this workbook, then, then don't hesitate to ask guys, you, you know, you're not being a great coach, um, and being a great business owner by pretending, you know, how to do everything. Um, in fact, that's often holding you back. Um, so let's go ahead and I'm going to stop sharing the screen. I'm going to go back to the revenue growth workbook and I'm going to keep diving in a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper on what that looks like. So. Here we go back to that calculator. So back to customer value again. If we know the customer value we're projecting on, then that gives us a, the peace of mind that we can build the strategy in the campaign based on that particular number. And this matters when it comes to learning how much scale do we want? So uh, the $2,000 customer value, well, we just learned that it's not 2,000. We just learned that on a $6,000 package, it's actually a $4,200 value. So why does that matter? Well you know, it would make you more confident to invest in us as an agency, right? Or as a consulting firm. But the reality is when we're working with clients at the highest levels, I remember when we were at Video Power working with Laserway and they wanted to be able to scale. We got to a point where we could not scale their campaigns and we couldn't scale their campaigns because we were undervaluing the value of their customers. And we were already spending the maximum amount we could spend on both Facebook and YouTube. So when I walked uh, Todd through how to understand the lifetime value. He he knew what that was. He knew his lifetime value of his customers, but what he wasn't able to assess was what was the value of the direct conversions that came from Facebook and YouTube ads. And we had to do some research to figure out the indirect value, the indirect conversions and how those worked. And as we did, well, what I can tell you is this, he went from eight locations um, by, by understanding his indirect value and Lowering his expectations on the direct conversion rates, we were able to expand the budget and he went from two locate I'm sorry, eight locations to two years later to more than 40 locations across the nation. I don't know what all changes he made in order to make that happen, but I do know that our campaigns were, um, they were being shut off. They were being, they were being uh, they were, we weren't able to scale them because they didn't understand the full value of what was being received by their investment. And if you're addicted to, attribution models and you don't fully understand them and, and you think you do, that's one of the most dangerous positions you can be in in life is where you think you know it all. When you think you know it all, you kind of shut your ears to uh, to what could exist in the market to benefit you. So let's take a, a look at some of the some of what I'm talking about. So some of the other variables you're seeing here, this return, this astronomical return, I'm going to move it back a little bit, but I invest $500 here and I make $89,000. And net return here. Yeah. Like who, who in their right mind wouldn't reinvest in this scenario? Well, uh, I see it happen. Um, I do. I see it happen far too often. Um, and what ends up happening is one month, one, this type of situation plays out. And then let's talk about the restaurant, right? So the restaurant gives away a free dessert and they don't have proper tracking in place. So on the restaurant level, they can't actually see that these people, these 45 customers all came in from that Facebook ad. They didn't ask people about it. They didn't track it on on their end. They don't trust your judgment. But what happens is they do see an influx in business and they kind of correlate it with something else that might have happened. Um, And then they have all sorts of marketers who become attracted to it. Why? Because 50,000 people see their brand. And so what happens, I'm going to stop sharing my screen now and come back to you guys, is the business owner gets contacted by all sorts of marketers. That, that exists out there. And the marketers call in and say, Hey, you know, your landing page sucks. Um, you know, they should have made that better. Or hey, um, you know, we want to help you with get get found on Google because you're not showing up on Google anywhere. You get you attract all sorts of attention. So the business owner says, You know what? You're right, I should be found on Google. Why did my company not? And, th- and then they end up eliminating the marketer who drove the business to begin with and hiring the new entity who really just came in as a wolf in sheepskin. To distract you because they have something they want to sell you, right? When, when, when uh, you start selling hammers, everything looks like a nail. But as you start to increase your value and you start to, to pre-qualify as a business who has money and who is worth investing in, well, you're going to have all sorts of entities that come towards you and want to work with you. And they're going to say everything that they can. But, but guess what? As you get more sophisticated as a business owner and you start to make more money, the challenge of recognizing the good providers versus the great providers versus the scams it gets harder, and not easier. It becomes much harder to evaluate who's actually on your side and who's not, because they get more sophisticated. You, you don't. Uh, Tony Robbins and his team they don't fall for the same cons that the uh, that the businesses do who actually receive those. Like you know, I don't know if you get the calls. I get them all the time. It says, "Hey, we want to help you improve your Google listing." Click like you know. I'm, I'm I don't have time for those calls. Um, you know, those calls are not effective. They are scam artists most of the time, trying to help you with that Google listing. Um, Extended car warranties, right? You would think nobody falls for that. Well, if nobody fell for it, then they wouldn't do it. But again, as you level up, there's a higher level of sophisticated scam that comes your way and you can't always recognize uh, who the great providers are and who the providers are that are full of crap, uh, to be honest with you. Um, And there's, unfortunately, there's a lot of them and they know how to protect themselves And they don't have a system to, we don't have a system as marketers. We don't have one to evaluate. Are we teaching the right principles or are we not? You can't report us to a bar, like, you know, like the legal, you can report a lawyer to a bar. You can report a doctor for malpractice. You can sue them. Um, But in marketing, unfortunately, there's not a standard out there that people can say what they want. And the FCC will rarely come after people unless you're making millions and millions and millions of dollars. Um, And so you have to figure out like, all right, well, how do I then assess uh, if somebody is ethical and building with my my long term interest in mind? It can be a very, very challenging process. I don't have a one size fits all answer. There's not an easy answer on that. You have to learn how to evaluate marketing itself. And so I'm going to give you again as much as I can in this 45 minute period to help you do that. But ultimately, you should not be firing your advertising team. You should be finding an advertising team that's addicted to the scientific method. And that's really what it comes down to because it's a matter of variables. Let's say I did want to help a company so that they they can win, not based on a $2,000 customer value, but let's say that you need something more practical. You've got a software that you're trying to sell and that software, you're going to generate $40 a month. Well, I I would hope that you would have enough confidence in your software to know that people will at least stay for three months time right? And if they will stay for three months time on a $20 value, well, let me lower that, That's going to be a $60 value. So if we're basing our advertising budget off of needing to make $60 um, off, of, off of the money that is spent, um, then we need to make sure that our campaign has an irresistible offer enough to attract people to convert within a 90-day period, perhaps, or within a 30-day period. Again, all, all of the timeline factors and the assets and the metrics they all, they all have to be factored in. And if you're a new business and you don't have these benchmarks, well, I hate to break it to you, but you're always gonna be shooting in the dark. You have to be willing to shoot in the dark in those cases. And so you have to work with an entity that can respect a budget that is, that is much, much lower um, than, than what we've uh, talked about today. We talked about that $100 maximum budget. I'm gonna show you what we do in just a minute. I'll, I'll finish on that, but here's what we're building towards. We wanna to get, to get a cost per view. Of around 1 cent and even in this case you know you're not profitable oh you're barely profitable actually you were that's that's amazing um so how are we profitable we don't know if these numbers are true right so maybe they click through to your landing page at a 1.5% rate but maybe your landing page is so awful that it doesn't work on mobile and so you only get a 5% lead conversion rate um and let's say your sales skills are so terrible you only get a 3% conversion rate here and now you've only got one new customer right well you can fire the advertising team but the advertising team's not wrong. The advertising team did the right thing. They got you that irresistible offer. What you need to improve is the landing page and your sales skills. Because if you improve those things and you say, okay, well, I'll spend another $500 on this, but I'm not just gonna count on the money. I'm gonna make sure that I learn how to ask better questions throughout my cell and maybe I double the effectiveness of my sales uh, of my sales calls. And my lead conversion rate, let's fix that mobile page. And if we fix the mobile page, maybe you move it from a 5% to a 10% success rate. And now out of those 750 website visitors, 38, no, 75 are converting, right? And this is increasing the amount of people who move forward with you because you're increasing your value, your click-through rate. Maybe you go from saying uh, "download now, free download to download now that's proven over the years to actually perform a little bit better. And so you go from 1.5% to a 2% click-through rate, and that affects your bottom of your funnel, right? So now you are getting closer to winning. You've got to stay dedicated to the process of optimizing, not constantly creating super cheap, low cost uh systems only to then turn around and eliminate them and start fresh again or to start with some other mechanism that's only going to give you a bunch of boxes in your garage or a bunch of cars in your garage that are half built and parked and never finished when you really need to dedicate yourself to the process of optimizing what it is that that you're putting out into the world um so Coming back. uh, I said I was going to share one more resource. I'll do just that. I'll show you how we ran the advertising campaigns for Able Health um, to end this call. And so with Able Health, what we do is we create campaigns called gold coin campaigns. We call them power campaigns. Um, Either way, they, they're, they're based on the scientific method. We wanna test one variable and one variable only against one audience, right? So we pick the audience by doing a lot of research and development with you on the front end, and we create these statements that draw attention. And some of them, the red ones didn't win. The yellow ones were silver coins, they do win, but the green ones are the one we focus on because they won very big. You'll notice here, again, pause the screen to go through this on your on your own time, but the amount spent on this one campaign was $6. Same thing on this one, five ninety nine, And we were able to reach 400 people, which was able to give us enough data to know are people clicking on this information. We then do the same thing with a series of headlines. And again, we had several headlines at one. Now we took one of those headlines and we turned that headline, don't get any fertility treatments until you read this, into a series of images. And we ran the same test. Again, always look at the cost of the test. We're spending $4.48 here. And this image that won, you know, got a click cost per click of 56 cents. These are all ads that we can scale. And as long as they're getting a cost per click at this level, then we don't mind putting those ads out there. Then we wanted to test that against a video. Same thing in this video, got a 50 cent cost per click. So it's the most powerful of the assets, but now we've got a series of assets that we can scale out. And we know that this is the, as long as we're getting a cost of uh, per click at this level, then we've got a very, very good campaign. It's a a great way to test the assets. Now, every single one of these assets can also be utilized. I'll stop sharing my screen now. Um, They can also be utilized in the email nurturing sequence. You can utilize those in posts. You can go live about that topic. You can create podcasts about that topic, all knowing that it was the target audience that resonated with that message so much so that a lot of people started to click in the process. I just, I don't see enough businesses taking the time to plan strategically before they launch. They want to have a 90-minute strategy call or even a 20-minute strategy call, uh, sign up with somebody, and then assume that everything's going to be off to the races and we're going to win no matter what. Um, And it it breaks my heart that so many people launch that way and and think that that's what's going to uh, drive the value for for their business, that they're going to somehow create the perfect solution and win. And yeah, there, there are some people who do win, uh, with that concept. There's enough that win by doing it that way, that it gives everybody else hope that they'll also win that lottery. Um, but hope should lead to a series of faith-based actions, right? It should lead to a belief in a process that you then commit yourself to. Um, and you exercise the discipline necessary to be able to build out the campaign, the way that that you should build it out with an entity that you trust to help you um, ask the hard questions that you don't know the answers to in order to protect your brand on winning Big. And if you do that, you can create phenomenal growth for your company. You can create campaigns where you're seeing multi thousand percent returns on those campaigns. But it takes somebody who's dedicated to the process to see that. Dr. Eric Berg is a phenomenal example of that. You can go and see how he's grown from 106,000 subscribers and a brand that was struggling to uh, convert with the landing page to hearing some very tough conversation feedback from myself and our team of guys, dude, you can't, you can't launch this and expect people to want to purchase from that page. You're going to have to fix your branding. And he did fix his branding. He put a lot of money and effort into building that brand at the time. And now he's at like 10 million subscribers on YouTube and continuing to scale up um, the exception to the rule uh you know shouldn't be the victors um in my opinion i think the majority should move towards victory but the majority we have we have to learn to be inspired to dedicate ourselves to the principles of learning and growth that will lead to us understanding what we need to understand to scale our business models effectively and appropriately so um, i hope this was super helpful for everybody that was watching on if it leads you to uh, asking more sincere questions about your own growth plans. Uh, then I've ultimately provided the value I wanted to provide today. Um, if you want to dive into the revenue growth intensive uh, revenue growth workbook intensive for free, we've got that link shared in the comments as well. Um, you know, my my hope with that too is not to undervalue the actual resource, but to inspire you to say, you know what? There's a lot of value that's been put into this process for years. Um, I should go through it and I should see what first class business is willing to provide to me um, in order to assess: is as, are they the type of entity? that we would want to work with for our growth. And our doors are open to you. We're happy to discuss what that could look like. Um, We invite you to connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, anywhere, uh, wherever your preferred method of connection is. uh, Let's start a dialogue about how to help you move your brand forward because at the end of the day, um, I'm not winning if you're not winning, Um, but we are winning big. If you are winning big, you have a vision to fulfill and we wanna see you fulfill it at the highest scales possible. In order to do that, you gotta know where to put your money um, where to put your time in order to scale that and uh, i think you're far closer to being able to scale than you even realize uh, you just need to to dive into that conversation and start asking those questions and getting the candid answers back so you can let go a little bit and say you know what um uh, perhaps i am more prepared uh, than i thought i was or perhaps that coach who's holding me hostage you know they're not necessarily treating you that way but if they're saying you know oh you don't need another coach well they're wrong uh, everybody needs a lot of coaches in life. Or if you have a team and you think like, well, I've already got a team. Do you have the right team or the wrong team? Um, you know, do you have a team that's set up and maybe able to help you in the future? Once you figure these other fundamental aspects out probably, um, you know, but are they going to help you figure out these fundamental things out? Because if they haven't already, uh, they probably aren't very well equipped to answer all those questions. And I just did again, it hurts my heart to see business owners who are so close to uh, launching phenomenal visions, but they're held back uh, by their support group or the environment that they're stuck in when you know there's, there's an answer right in front of them. Um, and, and we could help them uh, scale and grow to tremendous capacity while improving the quality of service that you provide and also making room for all of those who do wanna help you with growth, um, but maybe you're a little bit scared to let you go or let you grow. Um, let's not keep you stuck there, guys. Continue to ramp up your visions. Thank you for your time. Thanks for joining us on Vision Pros Live. And we will see you on the next next episode. Have a fantastic night, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision crows Live. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. We optimize them as the months go by. This is going to get more and more fun. Um, we'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for, uh, for giving us your time and attention and have an excellent time.